Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 48 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. I hope you are having a wonderful week. I am sitting in my office at home recording this at 9.30 p.m. on a Thursday evening. (laughs) And it is crazy windy outside, like just absolute chaos in the air, which is amazing to listen to. I I don't know if you've ever stepped outside in a massive windstorm or you've been at the top of a hill and and the wind is really, really strong, but I always just find it amazing. I mean, wind isn't something I enjoy when I've done my hair and I'm on my way to work in the morning <laughs> or if I'm wearing a dress and it's flying around, but I do love the wind in the way that you step outside and you just, I don't know, I find this overwhelming sense of there's something so much bigger than me. I find it quite humbling and it you know, reminds me to focus on the things I can control because there are so many things out there in the world that I can't. So I'm just listening to the the wind and the trees outside. I've got a lot of green space around my house. And so there's these big, beautiful trees um, full of blooming camellias at the minute, but they're all going to be on the ground tomorrow morning. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's crazy out there, but amazing, amazing. So episode 48, we are following on from 47. I've never done a two-part series, but the first one was just going to be too lengthy. And for those of you who haven't listened to 47, you don't have to go back and listen to that episode. You can just listen to this one if you'd like. But we are answering questions about how I am as a coach. And it stemmed from me doing some coaching for a close friend and fellow coach of mine, Matilda Wand, um, who, yeah, just wanted me to answer these questions to get her and her sales team to slot me into, yeah, where, where they think that I should be. And I thought at the same time that it was a good opportunity for me to share with you um, not only the questions, but how I am as a coach in case you're considering working with me or whether you're considering working with another coach and they are questions you might like to take to that other coach. So it's really good to have some questions and to know what you're looking for ahead of time. So that's definitely a key theme of of my podcast about educating you on how to do that. So another question is what problems do you help clients solve? So if I'm to boil it down to common problems amongst, you know, I'd say most of the clients I've worked with, whether it's been Um, more sort of trauma-based coaching that's been based in significant past events that have been carried through to adulthood or whether it's been the complete sort of opposite end of of the spectrum that I would put that kind of coaching on um, in terms of sales, careers, professional coaching. You know, it's the whole thing comes down to a combination of being stuck where they currently are, where my client currently is, they're procrastinating, they're feeling extremely frustrated with what they would say are their circumstances, but actually it's frustration with themselves and not knowing the direction um, or how they can overcome how they're feeling to get to where they want to be and that they want something different and they just don't know how to do it or you know, the path that they want to take. And so they're looking for that sort of person to bounce their ideas off and to help them navigate that, that path. 
And there are many other mental health professionals that you can go and see to get this same result. You don't even have to see a mental health professional. You may be able to see a colleague or a friend or a family member. You know, there's many, many ways you can get this. You can even just ask Google. But it's also something that a coach specializes in helping because a coach is future paced. So from where you are now to where you want to be and the path to get there. So rarely though, can the client language the specific underlying problem. So normally they just want to feel happier, more fulfilled in their lives. They want to enjoy their lives more. They're starting to get to a point where they're considering their legacy. All those sorts of things are getting quite confronting and they just want a solution. So they may not know what they want instead and that's the work we do together and others do know what they want but they're stuck and they're procrastinating and they don't know how to get from A to B and that's where I help them navigate what they want to move forward and how how that can happen. I can hand on heart say that the majority of clients that I've worked with and clients I have coached who have been committed and really we've gelled well together they always say that they never expected to have or experience the impact that coaching has had. And it's a lovely conversation to have because as a coach, you want to know that your client gets to where they want to go. You want to know that your coaching is what helped them get there. And it's just amazing when you exceed somebody's expectations. You know, there's no better feeling. And to be honest, I think any coach would enjoy that conversation. It's not necessarily a me thing, but it's always nice to know for any of us that we've made a difference and had an impact in somebody's life and that it's had a flow-on effect to their families and their colleagues and the people that they interact with. And one of the things to remember is that you know you don't know what you don't know. So if you've never worked with a coach but you feel ready and you feel like you are bursting with potential that's not being met, that activation energy is what will really, really work well with the right coach. And I promise you, working with a coach is never, ever something you'll regret. It will change your life in ways you can't even begin to understand or know that it might. And that's one of the best things because you get in and you go, oh my, wow, (laughs) wow. And it's just, it uncovers this whole thing thing about you that you just didn't even know was there. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Also, another thing that's really common in coaching programs that I've experienced and I know for a fact fellow coaches have as well, is that there are big, big jumps and leaps early. There's a lot of progress made really early in coaching sessions and programs. So there are massive, massive leaps. There are big shifts in the beginning and the coach shininess, the rosy colored glasses, and then things start to embed. So in that beginning, you get the breakthroughs, you get the clearing, you get these massive releases of things that you may have been holding on to for a really long time or even a really short time, but have been having a big impact on you. And then when you work with the coach, you know, we aim to have sustainable change. We want change that's going to last your lifetime if that's a change that you want and you want to keep. So then it starts to embed. And when it embeds, there aren't the magnitude of emotional shifts. And so for that reason, a lot of the time, you know, coaching will be amazing in the beginning and then people start to get a little bit jaded and it's like, well, it's not making any difference anymore. And I promise you it is. It's absolutely 
having an impact and it's just embedding. It just, the progress shifts and it doesn't feel as monumental. It doesn't feel as significant. So, you know, feeling better than normal is significant and uplifting, especially if you're in a state of not feeling so great. So then shifting that is going to feel massive. And then as that new normal settles in, it starts to just become the new normal. And then you need a whole nother shift in another direction to then keep moving forward and keep leveling up to use that colloquialism. Any good coach will want to work with you for a period of time. And after that, they want to ensure that those changes have been made and they integrate. And this is for your benefit as the client. They want to know you can keep going on your own and that you have a more solid foundation to build on continuously. So once those initial changes have been implemented and you get that extreme emotional shift, eventually the emotional shifts are sort of recalibrations. They're not as monumental which as a coach, it's what we want because it means that it's integrating. But while a client can often make that mean that the program isn't effective or that they can't language their results or however they phrase it, that is actually completely false. And I think it's just an important thing to be aware of that when you work with a coach, you don't want massive shift after massive shift after massive shift. You need some time to let that integrate. So different coaches will work with clients for different amounts of time. For me, I offer longer term coaching programs because I want to make sure that my client has that work embedded within them to then make sure that they can sustain that long term. The next question is approaching um, accountability. So as a management consultant and project manager, I am all for accountability. I think it's one of the main reasons people work with a life coach, not only because of the skills they have um, that enable them to have a great impact, but because it's someone to hold them accountable. And the beauty of a coach-client relationship is that the coach is, at the very least, a sounding board. And the reason that that's effective and important is because you will give yourself different answers and perhaps more honest answers with a coach present than what you would without. Just having somebody there changes your response. There are things you may not want to look at or identify, but with a coach, it will come to light. And I think one of the key reasons coaching works is because the coach is present and it's not just you trying to self-coach or work things out on your own. The next question is, how do you adapt your coaching to different personality types and learning styles? So throughout our coach training, we're taught how to build rapport, even with people, as I was saying in episode 47, that we don't have a lot of similarities or commonalities with. And if you can't build rapport with different personality types, and adapt to different learning styles, you either haven't had coach training, you are not very emotionally intelligent, or you are really not focused in the sessions you're having with your client. You know, as a coach, it's not an option. And I think it's even more important to understand your personal triggers. You know, as a coach, we need to get coaching ourselves because If as a coach, you're triggered every time a client says a particular thing or raises a particular experience or gets defensive, which, you know, when you're going into deep emotional work can happen very easily and often. As a coach, you need to be able to diffuse that tension and you need to be able to diffuse that defensiveness to get to the root cause of the problem and to help your client overcome it. So if they go into detail and they trigger you and, you know, if they're trying to avoid it, which our unconscious mind does to protect us and keep us safe, 
then they're going to try all sorts of things that they have learned, they've learnt behaviour to keep themselves safe to do that, then the chances are it is going to trigger you if you have not truly resolved that for yourself, in yourself. For some clients, you know, you're not going to be able to do this easily. And that's where as a coach, you really have to come to the party and so does the client. You know, you need to be able as a coach to have a bunch of tools in your toolkit to be able to diffuse tension, create a safe space, allow your client to go there, to feel vulnerable, to open up in order to move forward and have your coaching session with them be effective. Otherwise, what's the point? We're doing band-aids if we're not getting to the root causes of issues that are preventing somebody from moving forward, my belief as a coach anyway. It's a mandatory requirement that as a coach, you have a coach or have had a coach and you have to have used all the processes that you use with clients on yourself. You know, I only use the processes that I found had a big impact on me. There are some really, really great ones and then there's some others that I was a bit like, eh. And for me, it feels inauthentic to use processes that, yeah, didn't didn't really float my boat, so to speak, okay? So I only use the ones that had a big impact on me and that created some kind of shift. Modalities that I didn't really resonate with, I don't tend to use unless I'm digging really, really deep or I have a particular um, challenging client, as in they won't open up, they won't go there. Uh, or whether I feel like, you know, it's necessary for me to use that to help them move forward. Um, The perfect example of this was sleight of mouth, um, which I mentioned earlier. I was once working with a client who was really, really resisting anything. He was even resisting coming to the session. Um, And he was obviously working with someone who was sponsoring his sessions. So it was a really challenging situation. And, you know, this I remember this client saying, I don't know. I don't know. That was it's just what I kept getting. I don't know. I don't know. And it went on and on. And I eventually used a technique called slide of mouth, which is highly sarcastic. And it's awful. And I just I feel awful using it. I don't love it. But in this instance, it was able to move the client from this stuck, depressed sort of state where they weren't moving, they weren't, you know, in an emotional place to really do any kind of work and I upset them in the way I made them quite angry because sarcasm has that impact. If you're not in the mood and someone goes, "Eh," you're like, oh, F you. It creates anger or frustration or irritability and that is something we can work with. I remember learning that technique and I remember thinking, I'm never going to use that. But guess what? I did. And it was amazing. It got the exact outcome that I needed to really work with that client and move him from A to B. And I think that's the thing. So coaching programs, you know, the high level, it's A to B, like where are you now in life? Like big, big picture. And then where do you want to be? Big, big picture. But even in one session, I can guarantee you my clients do not start a session in the same place that they end it. It's amazing. From the beginning of the session to the end of the session, there's been a shift and then that shift continues between sessions. It's absolutely awesome. So those sorts of experience has really, you know, fleshed out my coaching experience, have made me a much more well-rounded coach. Um, 
to be challenged to use different tools and techniques that I have and haven't liked has been awesome. And the best thing is it's been about the client and it hasn't been about me. So that's just been a really wonderful experience that I feel very grateful to have had. And I hope that that client is doing very, very well now. Conflicts and disagreements with clients is a really interesting one because there's two sorts of disagreements and arguments that you may have with the client as a coach. The first disagreement you'll have is about your agreement, as in your coaching agreement. So it's about the contract, the payments, the real practical parts of your engagement in the coaching relationship. I have fairly strict rules around that for myself, which I have learned the hard way. I'm not willing to work with clients who don't want to work with me. I'm very happy to fire clients and if they're not doing the work and coming to the party. Uh, And let me be clear, there is a big, big difference between a client that doesn't want to come to the party because they are fearful, nervous, unsure versus a client that's not valuing the program or the work that we're undertaking together. They're two very different things. The coach-client relationship is a partnership. It's collaborative and as such, both the coach and the client has to make an effort and be invested in the relationship. And if someone's giving me money and then they're not showing up to their sessions, not replying to my messages, not engaging with the program, then I question why they signed up in the first place and what they actually want to get out of it because money won't buy change. I wish it did. It will definitely buy you the help to get the change and the support and the accountability and all the things we've spoken about. But it's also something that money can't buy. And that's what makes it so profound and so incredible because if money could buy it, everybody would have it, right? So, yes. The second type of disagreement you'll have with a client is where they get defensive. They go into protection mode and their ego is fighting with you as their coach because they don't want to go down a particular road. Um, And as a wonderful mentor of mine once said, her name was Helen, the thing you're most afraid to talk about is where you should start because you're going to spend a lot of money to talk about that later on when actually that's the very thing you should just address first off, rip the Band-Aid off, go there get it over with, you're better off addressing it right now. So disagreements that arise can often be out of defensiveness and defensiveness is a protection mechanism and that is where coaching skills and being an empathetic human really comes into play because really when you experience that with a client, they are it's what we call a boundary condition. It's like a metaphorical wall that they are unwilling to break down or climb over or move past. And that's where, as a coach, your work really starts because unless you hit those boundary conditions, your client really is staying the same. And if your client is staying the same, what are they paying you for? So clients pay coaches for change and change is hard and it takes time and money can't buy it. Money buys the help. There's a reason clients don't change on their own. And I would include myself in that statement when I've been a client and worked with a coach. When I, you know, I've done a lot of work with coaches and different coaches because different coaches give me different things, different perspectives, different life experiences. You know, clients want to change and grow and the coach needs to be competent and aware enough to experience a client when they become defensive or they start to shut down or other ways that they may express their boundary conditions to help that client move through that boundary condition and move forward. So, Coaching is an incredible modality and as I said in you know the last episode, definitely reach out to a coach if you're considering it. Even just Google it. Just Google some coaches. You never know what could come up and what may change for you. Why not? 
I hope that's clarified some of the information and approach that coaches may take. If you have any questions or if there is anything you would like for me to share on this podcast, I would love to hear from you, even if it's anonymously, I don't mind. (laughs) So just jump on my website, you know, give me some submissions of what you would love for me to talk about. I'd really appreciate that. Um, And yeah, if there are any other thoughts or insights that you'd like to share, then yeah, please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Have a wonderful week. I'll look forward to, yeah, talking to you again next week and look after yourselves in the meantime. All right. Bye now. Hey, before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have to listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.